I want to talk to you tonight about sharing our hope. You know, we had a verse that we touched on at Sunday school this morning from 1 Peter, and it's kind of stuck with me all day long. And it's a verse that that I've kind of committed to my own memory for quite some time, but it's 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15. It says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So, <clears throat> to me this is kind of a charge. You know, obviously this is Peter speaking. It's, it's not direct words from Jesus, but he's given us kind of a charge here. Something that we should be prepared for. And he says, first of all, we talked about some of this in Sunday school, so those of y'all that were here, I don't want to repeat a whole lot of this, but we need to make sure everybody's up to speed. It says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So to me, the first thing that we need to do is identify what is our hope. <clears throat> and I want this to be kind of open tonight. So I'm, I'm open for answers. I want to hear what you guys think your hope is. What's that? Yeah? Anybody else? See, I think before you can be able to share your hope with a non-believer, you need to be at least able to share it with a believer, right? If you can't put it in words now, you're not going to be able to when you're talking to somebody that doesn't believe in Jesus. So what is our hope? Salvation. Eternal life. Forgiveness of sins, yes. Think all of that ties into one main theme, doesn't it? It's exactly what Jesus came here to do. All of those things that were mentioned is, is what His purpose was here. And His purpose ends up being my hope, right? <clears throat> I want to define hope for you. Hope is one of those kind of words that most everybody thinks they know what it means. But until you try to verbalize it and put it into words, you don't fully understand the meaning of it. At least I don't. I have trouble with that. I don't. Maybe y'all don't ever have those kind of problems, but to me, I, I, I feel like I have an understanding of something until I try to tell somebody what it means. So, hope is a desire of some good accompanied with at least a slight expectation of, it, of, of obtaining it. That's pretty profound. And this guy goes on later in the definition. He says, hope differs from wish and desire because there is some expectation. You see, when you have a wish, I wish I sure had, a, had this, there's no real expectation that you're going to get that. If you did, you'd just be ecstatic. But you don't expect anybody to just dump something on you because you wished for it, right? But hope is, 
is something a little more tangible. Something you can kind of hang on to. It is at least a, a slight expectation that you will receive what you're hoping for. You see? There's a difference there in just a, a wish or desire, something you want. Hope is, is actually something that you can see may come to fruition. See, I'm not going to waste my time hoping for something if I don't think it's going to be fulfilled. Not going to waste my time. I am not sitting around hoping for millions of dollars to just land in my lap because it's not going to happen. If it did, man, that would be an awesome blessing for God. But you know how much time I would waste sitting and hoping for something like that? It's a waste of my time. But you see, my hope in God and in Jesus is not that kind of a thing. It's not some grand wish or, or scheme. It's, it's something that has been promised to us. And I want you, I'm going to share another scripture with you in a minute that reinforces this. But it was something that when Jesus came and lived His life out, those promises came from His actions. And in fact, from His own mouth. He said, I'm leaving you, but I'm not going away forever. I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I may be, you may be there also. You see, there is hope in that. When you understand that Jesus made promises word by word to you, there's hope. I believe, listen, I believe He was the Son of God. And when He says He went to prepare a place for me, that I could be there with Him, I'm believing He is telling the truth. So, hope. Being ready to give somebody a reason for our hope. Hope is set on Jesus. And the promise of a life with Him in heaven. I want you to think about that for a minute. You see, it's not just being forgiven of sins. It's also on this promise that we're going to be with Him. You see, man, there's a vast difference there. You see, I could be forgiven of my sins and stay in this miserable life. But that's not enough. Right? God didn't just say, okay, I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to leave you the same. No, He promised me what? A new life, a new body, a new creation. He promised me a home with Him in heaven. That's where I'm going to receive my reward. That's where my hope is. That's where my treasure is. I'm believing there's going to be fulfillment of the things God has promised to me. Why am I sharing this with y'all tonight? Guys, every time I begin to pray and, and think about what it is God wants me to do, it has to do with reaching other people. Obviously, that's what He commanded us to do. But every time I do it, I begin to see another lacking, another inadequacy of my own when it comes to how do I tell somebody 
How do I convince them that they need what I have? You see, I have to look at this thing so differently. And it's so hard for me to do it. Because as I, as I try to figure out how am I going to reach those people, every time I think of something, I, I, I automatically see they ain't going to understand that, Kevin. Because I'm, I'm trying to reach them from a standpoint of someone that has been a Christian for most of his life. And to be honest with you, I don't really, this is me, I really don't understand what it takes to get them to see that they need Jesus. All I know is the Word. All I know how to do is preach the Word to them. And that, in some instances, is enough. But, you know, I'm thinking of this one thing. We're trying to come up. I want to go put signs around canard and stuff, right? And, you know, you would think that's a simple enough task. Maybe I'm overcomplicating this thing. But, see, I want this sign to have an impact on people. I'm not talking about people that already go to church. You know, if people drive by and they see a sign with three crosses on it and 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 a, a address to a website and phone numbers or something like that, what is that going to do for them? People that go to church may say, "Oh, look." People that don't care anything about God are just going to go. Phew. You realize when you have. A sign set there for people that are driving by to see that you only have a couple seconds for them to take in what's on that sign and to make an impact in their life. You see, Kevin may be overcomplicating this thing. I don't know. But I'm telling you, I don't know how to reach those people. But God does. So what He's doing right now is, I hope it's for you too. I hope I'm not up here wasting my breath. But He's preparing me to understand what it is to share my hope with them in a way that anybody can understand it. At whatever point in their life they're at, you see, I don't know how to relate to alcoholics. I don't know how to relate to drug abusers. I don't know how to relate to those that are beating their wives and things like that. I don't understand how to do that. Because I've never been involved in that kind of stuff. But I know what sin is. If I could just get their attention for a little bit, and I could share a little bit of the Word with them, and and try to show them that I love them. See, that's what you've got to do. You've got to reach out to them. If I could just for a brief moment capture their attention... The Holy Spirit might could work in them somehow and begin to move something in them. So I look at this Scripture and it says, Be ready always to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. And if I were to ask my question that, that question to myself... You know, a day or two ago, before I had reread this scripture again, before we talked about it in Sunday school class, if somebody just walked up and asked me out of the blue, me not having any time to prepare or think about it, why do you have hope? What would I say? 
what would you have said? Why is it that you seem to always have hope even when things are going terrible in your life? I don't understand you. What would you say? Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. You all know this. Most of you can quote it. Because see, I know who I'm talking to tonight. I'm talking to basically the core of my church. And I know y'all know the word. Second Timothy chapter 2, 15 and 16 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. It didn't say approved unto man. You're not studying to show that, that I'm going to approve of you. This is for God to approve of you. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. And look at verse 16. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. That leads me into my next verse. And before I read that to you, I want to tell you a little bit about what I'm talking about. Sometimes we come up with some witty sayings, or maybe we've heard somebody say them over and over throughout our life. And they ain't no more in the Bible than a recipe for peanut butter cookies. But because we've heard them for so long, we think that's the Word of God. You should be ashamed, right? We should be ashamed if we do that. Because that's not the Word of God. It says to shun profane and vain babblings. Now, it may not be profane, but it's vain. It ain't got nothing to do with the truth. Now, let's look at 2 Peter 1 and 16. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables. You see? When you go back and you look at what we read earlier about being able to give an answer for the reason, this isn't something. Some, <clears throat> excuse me. This isn't something that somebody made up. So what's the reason for the hoping? It, it better be based on the rock. It better be based on a promise, something that you believe to be true, something that you are expecting to come true, right? For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Now, you know what? I ain't ever stood in the same room with the physical manifestation of Jesus, but I guarantee you one thing. I have seen evidence of His majesty at work in people's lives. I have evidence within myself that that I can share with someone a testimony of what I've seen God do. Why is it so hard to come up with a reason for the hope that lies in me? I have seen God move on people. Do you know I've seen someone have a leg lengthened? Do you know just last week we saw Earl receive healing in his back? Do you know I have seen people just that were just sick and somebody laid hands on them and boom, they were healed like that? It don't happen every time, but I guarantee you God still moves. God still wants to touch people. God still has power. 
We're not following some fable somebody set and thought up to work out all the little details to make it sound more believable. No, we're following eyewitness accounts. Man, there's hope in that. What I want you to take away from this tonight, I want you to see that if we don't actually stop and think about this stuff, sometimes before we even realize that we're covered up with all the things of this world, and somebody begins to ask us a question about our beliefs, and we got nothing because we haven't really sat down and thought out what we will say. How will we answer? You know, this morning Brother John brought out the fact that back in the days of our apostles and disciples, they didn't have lawyers to defend them when they stood before these, these people. You know, today we have the convenience of having a lawyer we can hire that knows how to defend people. They've went to school, they've learned all of the what the law is, they, they've researched previous cases to have something to base a precedence on. They, they know the, the formalities that you have to go through in order to get the judge to listen to what you have to say. And do you know you can go through a court case and not ever really have to say anything? Sit there and just let him do all the talking. Why? Well, that's what you pay him for, right? But I'm here to tell you all today, you don't have a lawyer that can answer for the hope that lies in you. You don't have somebody that is going to go in, in your place and talk to people on your behalf to share with them why you have hope. So you know what that means? If I had to go stand before a judge... If I knew next week I was going to be brought up on charges and I had to go answer for my actions, you know what I would be doing right now? I would be preparing. I would be sitting down writing notes. I'd prepare my defense. All the reasons why I was in the right and and whoever else wasn't. I would have a case built. No matter how good it was. I may not be that good at doing that right. But I would spend some time preparing. I wouldn't just go read law books. Now, y'all listen. See, it ain't just about reading the Bible. You can read the Bible from now to the end of this life and not be no more prepared than you was when you started. Because you've got to ask yourself those questions, those tough questions that they're going to ask you. Why do you believe that? How do you know Jesus was the Son of God? How would you answer that? You see, I learned something not long ago. Most of the answers I have are nothing to somebody that doesn't believe the Bible is the Word of God. You know that? That kind of takes away all of my ammo. If they say, well, yeah, but I don't believe the Bible is real. What are you going to say to that? You see, I can sit here in just a few minutes, come up with a couple questions that would stump most of you in here, including myself. 
That's because we haven't really sat down and prepared ourselves to give a reason for that hope that's in us. It's not just about why do you think you're going to heaven. It's not just about what are you expecting after the end of this life. See, that's not the question they're going to ask you to start with. I told you all about the guy that... said, I believe in God and Jesus. I just don't believe in a perfect Savior. And that just seems foolish to me. But you know what? How am I going to answer Him? Everything I said to Him didn't mean anything to Him because, see, He didn't believe in the infallible Word of God. So I've got to be able to give Him a reason that doesn't just base it on the Word of God, but maybe at the same time give Him some examples from the Word, but give something that's real intangible that He can hang on to and say, you know what? Maybe He's right. Maybe that is the real Word of God. And see, if you ever acknowledge that, if you ever acknowledge this is the Word of God, then there's, all, there's room to talk then. Do you all understand where I'm getting at today? You see how critical it is. Look, these people, these people I want to reach, that God wants to reach, may not have ever been to church. You can't base your arguments on your experiences at church. They don't know how to relate to that. See, I'm having to look at this at this process of reaching people from a sinner's perspective. I'm having to look at it from a worldly perspective because that's what they understand. It almost kind of sounds high and mighty, doesn't it? <laughs> Holier than thou. But I'm just I'm telling you the truth tonight. When you haven't lived a worldly life, it's hard to know what they need to hear. You know, if I had lived a life spending time in the bars and hanging out with drinking buddies and and doing drugs and everything, man, I'd know exactly what to say to them. Because I'd know what it took to reach me. But maybe somebody's going to have to tell me. Maybe somebody's had those experiences needs to needs to step up and school me on what it is to witness to some people. I want you all to leave here thinking about that. I want you to think about what is it I'm going to say when somebody asks me. And you know, here's, here's the kicker. And y'all, this convicts me. So I'm not coming down on you. When's the last time somebody asked you about your relationship with God? It's been a while. You know what makes me feel bad about that? Is maybe I'm not being the kind of light I need to be. Maybe people aren't looking at me and seeing hope like they should. Maybe people are looking at me as like I'm just a normal, everyday guy. Y'all, I'm not normal. And don't make fun of me. I'm a child of the King. I have an inheritance. 
I have a blessed hope and assurance. Now, why ain't I telling people about that? Am I trying to keep it secret so they won't cut in on my part of the deal? You know, this ain't a bank heist. You know, if you're going to pull a job like that, you try to keep the number small so you get a bigger portion, right? And you better watch your back when the thing's done. They might knock you off and take your part. That ain't what this is. God's wealth is immeasurable. It, bringing somebody else into the kingdom ain't going to cut into my portion. So why do we keep it secret? Y'all ever heard the term secret agent Christian? I feel like maybe I need to break my cover. <laughs> you know? Quit being an undercover agent. I feel like I need to shout His praises a little more. Let people see in my life, man, there's a difference. You know what I need? I need to leave work Friday and have heard people throughout the week say, man, what has got into Kevin this week? I don't remember the last time I had that. Instead, I get people that probably don't want to talk to me because I've got a bad attitude. 